tennis lights out and away we go welcome to the first episode of maidan park presents current situation of sports around the world coming up next listen to our special guest kunal shah a former sports person with more than a decade's experience in the sports industry kunal is an ardent f1 fan first as a racer then a team manager and then starting motorsports verticals for top organizations you're in as we talk about the f1 2020 season and the future of sports i am yaya budwala let's get right into it talking about f1 this season we've obviously had three races and after a long break i think three or four months coming back into f1 what did you make of the first three races just a general question i think it's a very bold uh, statement from uh, formula 1 and the fia to yeah. go and show the world how a global sports event uh, can be put in place despite the ongoing pandemic so you know all in all you know apart from whether the racing was good and whether mercedes's dominance is you know going to bore us etc the truth is that we would have almost had no race uh, this season but the fact that we do have uh, a race and not a race but now uh, you know a, a wide uh, season up ahead of us is purely down to the good work and good research done by FIA and FIA yeah so now we've seen obviously the complete dominance mercedes taking wins in all, i think all three races coming first place the big battle coming more in the drivers championship than the and uh, the no go constructors ahead. yeah yeah absolutely yeah the, yeah the constructors championship looking more uh, looking more coming in the back of uh, the mercedes more the battle coming in the coming between bottas and hamilton what do you think where will this fight go so i think it's going to be a tough fight like it always is you know a lot of people just are happy to write off botas uh, you know if he has one bad race yeah and say that it's going to be you know hamilton uh, uh, you know running away with his seventh title so in all honesty it of course seems like that given just the sheer uh, support hamilton has you know from mercedes as well as you know his fans around the world and media and the likes but yes it's going to be botas versus hamilton that is going to excite uh, you know fans uh, you know in the 2020 formula 1 season and that's pretty much uh, going to be another epic battle because you know botas is coming back stronger with each season and uh, let's remember you know for him to be up against lewis in itself is a big challenge let alone trying to beat lewis time and again so i i i'm pretty i'm pretty excited to see what botas can make out of it but uh, you know thanks to ferrari and red bull's uh, struggles the battle for p3 p4 and p5 is also going to be extremely extremely exciting so i suspect max verstappen will take p3 because you know he is max verstappen and he's yeah. he's been able to deliver superlative performances but uh, you know nothing can be taken for granted you know given mclaren's resurgence and given how racing point uh, have proved to be quick and the like so yeah. it it may seem like hey there isn't a you know drivers championship battle so to say yeah. but uh, you know the fact is that uh, uh you know th- there are enough battles through and through that one can follow and yeah. and uh, enjoy the season yeah 
So we've seen uh, Mercedes continuing the development of the 2019 concept and bringing a stronger power unit with the innovation of DAS systems. Whereas Ferrari are still uh, coming off the, the loss of the extra engine power and, and Red Bull has seemingly stagnated. So we almost never hear about a Mercedes failed, failed upgrade. Even, in, even the underwhelming upgrade seemed to bring at least a small benefit. So how do you think it's that Mercedes uh, seemingly understand their car so much better than their competitors? So, uh, you know, Mercedes have redefined uh, uh, what an F1 team uh, should operate like, you know, given what you just said, that everything they bring to the car is just delivering more and more performance, okay? And that is something that Mercedes have been able to uh, sort of harness over such a long period, which is also unprecedented because the last time somebody could pull off for such a long period was Ferrari. But Mercedes have also busted that, you know, five-year period of dominance and entered literally the seventh year, so to say. Okay. So it's it's just down to the philosophy of the team and the management and, you know, how everyone is uh, you know able to pull their load and is able to innovate by themselves without sort of uh, being worried about the whole blame game culture as you know some of the other teams have have sort of had over the years so you know for those who uh, have been watching formula 1 since many years uh, and for those who uh, have just started to watch formula 1 my only advice would be that do not get bored of the dominance Instead, uh, you know, sit up and take notice and acknowledge the the sheer, uh, uh, you know, performance, uh, uh, you know, gap that Mercedes is able to pull out as a team and not just as a single person, you know, for for seasons at uh, seasons altogether, because this is literally history in in the making. And um, we saw the with, the with the Ferrari, we saw an investigation by the FIA and since then they haven't looked the same. The details of the case remain un- uh, undisclosed, but from what we can see on the track, it looks like Ferrari lost about two years worth of development on their current power unit. And with the engine freeze by the FIA, is, is Ferrari pretty much guaranteed to have the worst engine until 2022? Uh, so there are there are uh, tokens that are available to Ferrari, okay, for them to be able to make uh, upgrades to their uh, to the sorry to their package and the likes. So you know it. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say okay, that's it. Ferrari are doomed till you know end of 2021 or start of 2022. Uh, Ferrari have as many resources as any team would need to sort of uh, deliver the kind of uh, changes one would expect from them right. so i wouldn't write off ferrari as, uh, as for as long as 2022 uh, i would expect that they will you know use all their resources and their tokens to at least go ahead and uh, deliver what we would think is a competitive package right but see, we've seen uh, them losing almost nine tenths on the street this year and the and they haven't looked the same in the downforce. So do we see any upgrades coming this year or they just look like a mid, mid, uh, midfield team? Well, they, they've claimed that they're a midfield team in uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, you know, for example, Ferrari brought upgrades to the second race in uh, Austria and, and in Hungary. And uh, let's remember as, you know, they were probably the one team that was most impacted by the pandemic because yeah. Italy was worst hit at that point of time. So, you know, in terms of uh, 
getting a better understanding of their package and making sure that they are able to deliver full value sort of takes time okay yeah. so i think we should just be patient and and trust that ferrari will sort of find themselves uh you know to the cl- sharper end of the grid sooner rather than later and uh, yes i think matia binotto has already admitted that uh, you know the fi regulations have sort of impacted ferrari's performance on the power unit side and and so on right. but uh, you know there there's always uh, pluses and minuses of all the innovations that happen in in formula 1 mm-hmm. and uh, you know like i think ferrari were able to pull off uh, a fairly good loophole in in the regulations last year for their power unit to sort of deliver what it did but yeah. uh, you know sometimes uh, it's 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 like um, you know the mercedes dash system was deemed yeah. legal but for 2021 it won't be permitted so you know that's always how it goes uh, with innovation and that's why it's called innovation because it is you know sort of intended to disrupt and you know that's what ferrari tried and i think they did a fairly decent job but they'll probably need to find another way to start disrupting uh, results at the front end of the field yeah and uh, we saw the uh, we saw in the two in the three races that renault uh, protested against the force india after they allegedly copied the 2019 mercedes design and renault looking like the it's the in, in the middle team like not in the top you don't you wouldn't say they're in the top 10 and they you would you'd say like they're in the middle there so how do you see them challenging force india uh, on this uh, protest i think uh, renault's protest is uh, very interesting and the angle that they've taken is uh, is is very uh, is fairly uh, uh, what do you what do i say fairly uh, good for the sport because right. they've gone and protested against uh, the brake ducts and the likes and you know they've claimed that they know Force India has received uh, pictures and uh, drawings from Mercedes yeah. to make things happen. So it will be very tough to prove that claim because, you know, even if they were exchanged officially, there is no way you will be able to find out if somebody gives you your notes, you know, uh, for for tomorrow's exam, for example, yeah. right? But what Renault have particularly protested against is the alliance between Racing Point and Mercedes and. and that's what uh, you know marcin butkowski said uh, you know in the hungarian grand prix yeah. uh, in his hungarian grand prix debrief that um, you know in 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 the future such alliances go against the core dna of formula 1 where you know you have 10 independent uh, manufacturers rather than uh, uh, you know uh, manufacturers who have alliances right. with other teams and they're not necessarily building their whole car and the likes right Yeah. so i think one of the reasons why they've also uh, come up with this is because uh, you know let's remember from next year renault doesn't have a customer you know mclaren moved to mercedes uh, from from next year right. which means that renault will be running by themselves whereas you know ferrari and mercedes have their you know, whole yeah. customer setup that they can uh, you know uh be allies with and again coming to say be allies with it's also going to be in uh, uh in 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 fact uh, coming uh, you know it it's it's something that's going to happen anyway with uh, the new sliding scale aero regulations right, right. and by that uh, what do i mean that you know uh it is known that mercedes will have lesser time to develop their cars as opposed to you know uh, say a renault for example okay yeah. 
but then what stops mercedes from going down this whole design philosophy that they currently have with racing point to say okay we will use some of your development time to develop an overall package that makes us faster together you know yeah. and then renault ends up being the loser both ways because not having a customer just means that they don't have you know a customer teams uh, you know aero time that they could yeah. sort of use uh, you know from 2021 yeah so um, we see the grid coming up for the next season players signing new contracts we had obviously ricardo to mclaren signs to ferrari and the return of fernando alonso to renault and the future of vettel so how do you see these changes these changes in the lineup uh, in the like the difference in the on the track i think it's going to be interesting because uh you know seeing ricardo and mclaren which will be powered by mercedes again he'll have a good package with a very formidable uh, team behind him likewise for carlos sainz getting a call up to ferrari sort of uh, helps uh, you know helps uh, his his stature because you know he is a red bull exit he, he was thrown out of the red bull program i mean thrown out is a very harsh word but he was cho- you know max verstappen was chosen over carlos sainz yeah. and then you also had uh, renault choosing uh, ricardo over carlos sainz yeah. so for him to finally you know from those rejections land up in a ferrari seat is brilliant okay yeah. it'll also be interesting to see how he and charles uh, you know uh, compete against each other and uh, you know eventually i think uh, the driver lineups and driver changes for 2021 uh, will will make for you know interesting uh, racing and news because the cars will pretty much anyway end up being the same right so uh, what do you see for vettel's future will he go back to uh, red bull or will we see he got an offer from force india this season so where could we see him going so it's not confirmed that he has uh, an offer from force india or racing point or aston martin whatever you'd want to one would want to call them it is it is assumed that you know they are talking or it's been rumored that they've been talking and again understandably so you know yeah. uh, for a driver like fettel he would obviously uh, be of big value to uh, a big a big brand like uh, aston martin okay yeah. but uh, at this moment it it one waits to be seen what uh, fettel could do and uh, in in my view you know it would be highly understandable if he decides to take say a sabbatical and see what options could come his way in say 2022 or the likes yeah. uh and uh, you know it's 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 tough to say what he should do because uh you know somebody like fettel is obviously going to be in much more demand given you know the regulatory changes coming uh, you know coming uh, coming up in formula 1 because he will definitely help uh, you know a team that's trying to sort of navigate through these regulations help in design and development of a car and the likes yeah and we we saw i think in the second race we saw that mercedes had a gearbox issue and the and the engineers told them not to go on the curb so how do we we heard that this might continue for the rest of the season so how do you think this affects mercedes this season so uh, you know that's probably the only achilles heels in mercedes's operations in 2020 yeah. but uh, again you know given the pace advantage they have 
you know, even if they don't take the curbs and they still win races or, you know, are on the podium as often as, you know, one can be, I don't think any of the drivers are going to complain. It's only if, you know, Red Bull or say Ferrari or Racing Point end up challenging them for wins is when uh, things could get a little uh, more interesting. But for now, it doesn't matter, you know, if five or 10 laps into a race, if, you know, Lewis Hamilton or Valtteri Bottas have built a five, seven, 10 second advantage. Uh, It doesn't matter if, you know, they don't take any of the curbs to protect their cars because they have anyway sort of put themselves in a good position to, you know, score a race win. Yeah. And we're talking about the Mercedes. We see Lewis Hamilton obviously considered one of the best F1 racers uh, ever. And we see he could match Michael Schumacher's 91 win win record at Monza and surpass it at Ferrari's 1000 tribute race at Muguello. So, how would we see this and what would you say about uh, Lewis Hamilton achieving such a huge record? I think, firstly, Lewis is phenomenal talent. You know, uh, I've said this several times even on my podcast and just watching him drive is, is sheer brilliance. And, uh, you know, everyone says that, oh, but he's in a Mercedes and anyone could win in a Mercedes and the likes, which is obviously very true, you know that uh, being in a Mercedes gives him a very uh, apparent uh, advantage, uh, you know, to to win and to create these records. But that's how it's always been, uh, you know, in in Formula One ever since the inception of the sport. You've always had teams dominating and drivers who've driven for those dominating teams have had an advantage to sort of go create their own records and, and the like. So, that's something that, you know, it's always been there. So to just, um, you know, point out that, hey, Lewis has uh, this advantage is, is unfair because, you know, even Michael had that advantage with uh, with Ferrari. And, uh, you know, Lewis made himself eligible for that Mercedes drive. And, and you know, he, he while he had the drive, uh, you know, we saw in 2017, 18 and 19, he was challenged, uh, well, not so much 19, but at least yeah. 17 and 18, he was challenged a fair bit by the Ferrari drivers and he managed to extract a lot more to sort of, uh, you know, uh, make sure that he wins uh, critical races that he needed to. Right. And, uh, you know, as for equaling uh, Michael's records, I think it's, it's uh, you know, uh, like I, I don't believe in uh, sort of uh, comparing between generations because, right. you know, there are far more races now than there were in Michael's time. You know, even though you could say Michael had maybe 16 or 18 races, but now, you know, we've had 20 or 21 and, you know, 22 races could have been in 2020. Right. Also, you know, uh, reliability has sort of been far more, uh, you know, in this era or with every passing era, the cars are far more reliable and the likes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, both drivers have uh, have made their own space in, in, in the world uh, of Formula One and, and in the hearts of Formula One fans. And I think both of them and, of course, Sebastian Vettel and, say, Ayrton Senna and Alan Prost yeah. Uh, and and Juan Manuel Fancho and all these greats, uh, you know, they all deserve uh, their own space, uh, you know, in in the Formula One Hall of Fame. Yeah. So now looking ahead, the next race coming up at Silverstone, do we see? Or obviously, we we expect Mercedes to finish on top. And no, no, we have a, we'll have a tough battle between the Force India, who are 
almost i think is uh, the guaranteed third and fourth fastest uh, cars in this race how do we see that race going you know it's silverstone it's lewis's home ground it's right. it's uh, a circuit that uh, always uh, excites uh, you know we had a brilliant race last year Yeah. so i'm sure everyone's waiting to see how uh, it all unfolds this year yeah. you know given mercedes's dominance uh, it would be hard to choose another team uh, for victory than uh, mercedes you know yeah but uh, at the same time i i wouldn't discount what uh, uh, say a max verstappen uh, or um, you know some of the mclaren drivers or even uh, the racing point drivers are able to uh, to pull off in in yeah. silverstone so all, all in all it's going to be an exciting race and uh, you know the race that will then follow is a 70th grand prix race so a lot for history as well yeah. and uh, we saw i think in the first uh, the first race lando norris coming up big in the in the end on the last lap and uh, taking the third place so mclaren's doing that no mclaren's doing pretty well and we saw him taking uh, i think he got uh, ocon in the last race he got him in the end so how do we see uh, lando norris coming up he's uh, looking like a young talent he has a lot, big future ahead of him i think lando norris is extremely exciting addition to drivers who are making it to the podium or who are trying to make it to the podium because yeah. he's created this you know niche uh, positioning for himself young and funny while at the same time extremely hard working approachable and you know a team player and you know the photo of him working on the mclaren car went viral uh, uh, you know a couple of days ago so i think lando is definitely uh, you know an exciting prospect and he's only going to get faster in the time to come and i'm pretty sure he's going to add to his podiums uh, sooner rather than later and you know given his success in the junior formula yeah. i wouldn't count him out of uh, you know winning a world championship in the future as well so um, now looking at it, looking at the races coming up and the seasons coming up how do you think this uh, pandemic has uh, has or will affect the formula 1 going forward so i i think uh, you know it's an evolving uh, situation like uh, chase carey said he uses the word fluid and fluidity to explain what formula 1 is undergoing to sort of try and get to us a season i you know there are fresh reports about barcelona having you know further restrictions Yeah. because of the european summer and and so on so the so called second wave may or may not come but i think formula 1 is just far more prepared now than they were say back in australia when when you know there was a surprise cancellation of the race and uh, you know uh, i think everyone knows that formula 1 will put their best foot forward to bring to us just as many races as they possibly can yeah so uh, if we look uh, if we look beyond uh, f1 and we look in the general sense of sports and how this uh, pandemic has affected everything looking at the olympics uh, getting cancelled huge events getting cancelled other sporting events the euros and how how do you see general sports and how it's affected the players it may help their fitness and they might be training harder going forward but in the general how do you see the this affecting the entirety of sports 
you know, it's it's impacted all the stakeholders in the world of sport, whether it's athletes themselves, like you said, you know, given the rust factor, as you know, one would call it, like they wouldn't have been away from playing any competitive sport for this long. Or, for example, coaches, because suddenly, you know, you're not just uh, working on uh, helping your athlete or your team deliver, uh, you know, as, as a unit, but you're dealing with far more psychological issues as well. Yeah. Similarly for, uh, you know, sports broadcasters, you know, there is no live sport or it's now coming back to life and sponsors who had budgets aside and had made commitments, but, you know, drop in revenue uh, definitely means that, you know, uh, their sponsorship rates uh, for various sports would be affected and, and so on, right? So yeah. it's affected the whole ecosystem. And I think the only way, uh, you know, it's going to come back uh, to place slowly and steadily is by, you know, uh, hosting these sporting events, um, you know, in a safe manner, because yeah. uh, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the proof of the pudding that, Despite the ongoing pandemic, there is still uh, a space uh, in the world uh, to host sports events safely. Yeah. You know, for now it might be without fans, but at least it keeps the it keeps the machine uh, you know chugging along, uh, and and hopefully keeps the whole ecosystem uh, you know moving forward at least. Yeah. No, great. So that's. Uh... That's great. So, uh, if we talk about the end of the season, what is your prediction of who will take the Drivers' Championship? My heart says Valtteri Bottas and my mind says uh, Lewis Hamilton. Great. So, if you have, do you have any all-time favourite like F1 racer or do you want like you really connect with? Um, I would say it has to be uh, Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's of course it's been because that those were the times when I started uh, uh, following Formula One and the likes. And you know, after a point, I realized that there are far more uh, driver, far other drivers who've sort of done different things and have been as worthy as Michael. But you know, the uh, the the last ten years have sort of made me appreciate Michael's uh, talent that much more. Because we saw, you know, two legendary drivers, Fernando Alonso and, uh, you know, Sebastian Vettel, who have tried to repeat Schumacher's success at Ferrari. Yeah. And taking nothing away from the driver, it's just that getting Ferrari to go back to, uh, you know, their highs that they have with Michael probably need Michael and, you know, the other gentlemen who are along with him who who did make things happen. So that's my reason to sort of uh, be in awe of Michael, that he could take Ferrari to their heights, despite given Ferrari's, you know, publicly discussed problems as a team. So I heard you were a, you were a, into a driving before as, a, as an athlete? Yes, that's correct. I used to drive racing cars. Um, I uh, I was told I was okay at it, but it's just a very very expensive sport. Right. So then um, I decided to get into the management side of uh, things. Then. So is it harder as a driver knowing the manufacturing, production of the and development of the things, or is it easier as a this as behind the scenes guy? Um, I think it's harder as a driver because there are only. 
you know even in formula 1 uh, just uh, out of the 20 drivers there are literally just 10 drivers who can uh, you know say that their futures are secure you know yeah. and uh, uh, you know it's it's probably much tougher as a driver also because you have limited shelf life and and so on right so uh, it's it's probably more fun as well as a driver but you know that's how it just goes not yeah. everyone can end up be playing uh, for india in 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 uh, cricket it's similarly yeah. in in motorsport as well not everyone ends up racing for a top team that you know will be around for the time to come yeah great having you on kunal if there kunal if there's anything else i'll let you know and thank you for doing this again and It's great if there's any if there's any I make a report anything I'll be the first to email you. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, more than this, I'm excited to know what you decide about your education. So keep me posted about that as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you. Okay, all the best. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.